No, I get whiskey. nasally. Danny, Danny's not here. <clears throat> See, it just gets it just gets Danny's nasally. Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. I think okay. none of us can get it because we're all adults. <laughs> we're all <laughs> like grown men. <laughs> grown men making stupid voices uh, to the internet. <laughs> Our it's only the Smell My Whiskey podcast, Mrs. Torrance. Danny's not here, Mrs. Torres. It's just Smell My Whiskey podcast. <laughs> A very big speaking part. You know, I was shocked. Okay, we shouldn't get in the movie yet. <laughs> All right, hostess, hit it. Welcome back to Smell My Whiskey Podcast. Uh, fucking a man, we're just we're just making a mess before this show even starts. Welcome this back week to we're your doing... first cold open. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're doing Jack Daniel's whiskey, uh, and we're talking about The Shining. Which man, I feel like it's gonna be a mess. My first time watching it. I know you all have seen it, but man, what a movie. Well, let's start with the whiskey first. Like what about we last week's done. whiskey? Some, last someone week's owes whiskey? us oh. a review. Somebody can oh, taste yeah. that whiskey now. Yeah, uh, Mr. Black Label. Let's go. Let's hear about it. Then you can review uh, the whole Blade Runner movie again. We'll start over. So the meaning of life, guys, is really explained <laughs> in scene four, act three. Now, no, but really, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the Black Label. I, uh, I could see this being on my shelf more often. It's very... Um, Easy to sip on, not too complex. I think my favorite part's that smoky afternote. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give it a three. I haven't had... This is my first Johnny Walker of any kind, and I kind of want to try more. All right. So I think I had a... F- I think I was at a five, came down to a four. I think... What did we get, Pat? A three? Three. And then Clint the same, and then John's going to figure... Round it out with a three as well. So I think it sits right, like what we said last week, is it's it doesn't try to do more than you know two or three things but it does it well enough mm-hmm. and it doesn't come in at a price that's more than what it should be. Like uh, we yeah. kind of saw with the Connemara. I agree. I agree. All right. So let's put a, put a period on that. Uh, Black label. It's in the books. We did it. John finally coming through a week later. Uh, so let's turn our attention to Jack Daniels. Uh, I've talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, I'm going to kind of give a, a quick, quick rundown. I think most people know about Jack Daniels. Uh, it's one of the old, well, it is the oldest registered distillery in the United States, registered in 1866. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of was just looking to more interesting facts about Jack Daniels since it's such an iconic brand. Um, I think a lot of people know about the distillery itself. So I just want to kind of hit some of the, the things that I didn't know personally, which I think most people will either not know or they've Googled it before and are like, oh, yeah, that's, that's strange. Um, so one interesting thing was the story goes that his secret ingredient to Jack Daniels was actually the slaves that he owned. And that there was, there was kind of this in between where, um, Mr. Daniels worked with a slave to cultivate the secret taste of Jack Daniels. I had no idea that was a thing. Um, I guess we have to cancel Jack Daniels now. It's it's potential. I I don't really know. Uh, on top of that, his name wasn't even Jack. His name was Jasper. I was like, what? what I don't know anything. His name was Jasper Newton Daniel, but everyone called him Jack. So he was like, all right, go Jack. Oh, Jasper. So it's like no one knows anything about this guy. They don't even know when his birthday is. They just know it's in September. So uh, Jack Daniels in September celebrates his birthday all month long because no one's sure what actual day it is. They just know it was September of 1850 is when he was born. Uh, I think most people know or have been told that uh, uh, Frank Sinatra was buried with a bottle of Jack. 
He was kind of the he was the very first unofficial spokesman of Jack Daniels. He loved it. He bolstered it. Really went hand in hand with his career, and uh, it brought Jack Daniels up a whole like a huge level in terms of popularity. Uh, all Jack Daniels whiskey is made from one spring in uh, in Lynchburg, so it's called Cave Spring Hollow, and it the cave itself has a bunch of limestone in it, and it naturally strips out all the w- iron in the water. And iron generally destroys the taste of whiskey, so they they source all their water from this one spring in Lynchburg, which is pretty neat. I mean, it's a local spring to them, so it's pretty awesome. I think a lot of people know it's filtered through charcoal. Um, I just thought I'd bring it up. Uh, but on top of like that, the they Tennessee also Tennessee process or something was it? They yeah, so they make all it. their charcoal on site. Uh, because of that, they actually have their own Jack Daniel's um, fire station. That services the distillery, and just in case they they have fires going twenty four seven, and they're always making their own charcoal. Um, and on top of that, they're also they also build and manufacture their own barrels, which of course are only used once. But that's another thing that they they do the whole process um, for making those barrels as well. Uh, and then to kind of sum it all up, they say that uh, Jasper Daniel uh, actually died because of his own stubbornness. He forgot the combination to his safe. He kicked it, broke his toe, and he was too stubborn to go to the doctor. He developed gangrene, which they later had to remove the toe because of it. Then they had to remove the leg because of it. And then six years later, he finally died from complications of gangrene in his toe. So, you know, they say, say he died from his own uh, hot, you know, temper, <laughs> but kind of just a terrible way to go, you know. I have definitely heard stories from my wife, who's a nurse, and I'm sure John's heard these kind of stories where you just get gangrene and they have to keep amputating more and more and more because they don't take care of it right away, and then it keeps going. Apparently, he was too stubborn to just get it taken care of when he needed to, and that's what killed him. Too bad he wasn't too stubborn to die. Yeah, he said, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just going. So wow. just some, some interesting things about Jack Daniels, uh, but it's one of the, the or it is the most sold bourbon um, in America. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, based on its, its, uh, legacy, its age, its sales, it's, you know, critically acclaimed. It's a huge American tradition. Um, you know, it's what I've drank for most of my drinking life, um, since this podcast where I've been switching it up, but you know, it's an old favorite for America. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, uh, whole package you got going on. Um, the whiskey itself, at least what we're reviewing, which is just a standard, bottle of jack daniels would get um you know it's their what, what do they say old number seven tennessee sour mash whiskey um it's a bottle of still lynchburg tennessee which is also a dry a dry county so you can't actually drink jack daniels at jack daniels um which is pretty interesting i do think i don't know if it's this way still there there were there are dry counties uh near jack or lynchburg where you can bring your own alcohol into the county and drink it but you can't buy alcohol from that county and drink it there. So I think you legally can purchase Jack Daniels at the distillery, but you're not allowed to drink it in that county. But if you brought Jack Daniels in from outside, you can drink. It's a whole thing. It's like bringing alcohol into like a restaurant. You can pay like a bottling fee and you're good, but it's a whole thing. I don't know. Oh, yeah, dry, the dry county laws are kind of weird. Yeah, they get wonky. Um and, and I know they vary from dry county to dry county, which they are. There are a few down there uh, in that area, especially where the distilleries are. I'm not sure if it's a, a way to, to get more money out of them or it has something to do with taxes or maybe it probably has to do with prohibition and just 
how they worded the laws and it never got removed. I didn't look too deep into it since I was focused more on the on the whiskey itself. Um, but it's definitely an interesting subject in terms of whiskey laws or alcohol laws in general. In fact, I just came back from North Carolina and apparently you can't order a beer and a cocktail and carry it to the table yourself in North Carolina. It's not allowed to, you have to carry. So they had like, there was like two guys in front of me, one ordered a cocktail or they both one ordered a cocktail and a beer and his friend had to carry the beer cause he ordered a beer. So he was only carrying beer, and the guy was. I was like, "This is just so convoluted." It's, it's just stupid. so we don't have degenerates walking around. That's all it is. I guess if you have a beer and a cocktail, you're really fucked up in life. You're getting ready yeah. to party. I guess Lynchburg's the same way. It's like you bought whiskey, you go fuck up. You no. can't do it. We here. only make whiskey. We don't sell it. That would be yeah. Degenerates buy whiskey. Only, <laughs> Not only us. degenerates buy whiskey. Actually, they buy it. They just don't drink it. You can collect it. You can't drink it. <laughs> dry counties everybody just like when yeah, indiana it's... wouldn't let you buy alcohol on sundays apparently it's still a rule in north carolina that's a there's... that's a bad rule that's they a real can, bad but rule but it's like ver- there's a bunch of time rules like you can't buy liquor before 12 and not at grocery stores but at other places we have that and liquor stores can't be open and you can buy beer after 10 and it's like wh- you're making this very confusing can i just buy whatever i want if the store's open just leave it at that no because government <laughs> oh government because taxes and money anyways so let's talk about this whiskey a little bit um, i mean in terms of color you know it it we i thought color was going to be interesting as we got into it but i feel like everything is a very golden amber and there's there's not a lot of shift from this i mean this looks like a this is exactly like, what if someone said bourbon this is what you picture in your head it's, it's this looks like dehydrated pee to me yeah it's got that exact like tinge of just that perfect brown yellow it it looks like a very dehydrated pee which i'm not saying is a bad thing i'm just saying that's what dehydrated I dehydrated pee is a bad thing yeah but i'm saying it's not this isn't dehydrated i won't say it tastes like dehydrated pee but i'll say that it that's just what it looks like guys sure does look you. like it sure does sure does so in terms of color i think that's where i sit on that i don't know if you guys have any there's not much to comment no, on the color that's what color. it is unremarkable um i would say to go with the the theme, it does taste like it looks. Not dehydrated pee, but the the cult, the flavor matches. Man, that that doesn't. I give up. <laughs> there was no good, just cut that segment. Just, there was no good segue into that Max's one. Old Max's pee segment. Shit, I ain't editing anything. I don't give a shit anymore. Old pee brain right, over here. <laughs> let's talk about it on the nose. I'm gonna try and smell my drink, but I do have a mixed drink right now, so it's not gonna go Guys, over well. Fun fact: it smells like pee. <laughs> Interesting. Dehydrated pee. <laughs> They could use some more water. Sure smells like a bar urinal. (laughs) Wow, that is. I want you guys to do me a favor. Um, One thing I've I've heard is what you do is if you get you put a little on your hands, you rub it together, warm it up, and you get a little doing this. You get a little bit different smell on your nose. So I, if I spill, I'll like wipe it off with my hand and do that. It's all your hand. And you, no, you, you hundred percent get the charcoal. Hey, uh, Pat, have you done that with any other whiskey ever? Every single one. Okay, because I can't because I can't pour it out of these jars. Yeah, it's most, he doesn't have soap. Because he's just Jesus wiping up whiskey. smell. I mean well, it though. If you it, you really will get that charcoal smell if you if you warm it up in your hands. Can I just do one of oh. these and then? Yeah, just do just do exactly like that. It doesn't smell any different. Oh, it smells like charcoal. Non-believer. I'm not getting it. Well, I got Sorry. I got charcoal on there on the nose. Super sweet. It's very candy brown sugar. Reminds me of like a Aunt Jemima table syrup, not a maple syrup. But Ooh, like, I like the Aunt Jemima reference. But like the, that doesn't have to be refrigerated. 
It's probably Angle just corn syrup. syrup with coloring. Yep. And then a little paint thinner. Right oh, that reminds me. Like six weeks ago, we talked about Ego syrup. They don't make that shit anymore. No, I meant to don't. bring that up. They really don't. We mm-hmm. talked about maybe they don't. I yeah, brown sugar is strong here. Uh, I don't know if it's my legacy of drinking Jack Daniels, but everything about Jack Daniels is like flat Coke to me. That's the taste, the smell. It just resonates hard, and I don't know if this is just ingrained in me or it's what it is. But yeah, heavy sweetness, brown sugar. Uh, I see that that artificial maple syrup type of smell. I wouldn't even call it maple syrup. I guess they don't. They, they just syrup. say yeah, they just say table syrup. It's, it's almost... a strong. That's a strong pull. It's a, it's like that. It's definitely like a. I think it's if you pulled some of the Coke flavor out of the syrup they put in like an icy machine, like that, that whatever they use in that thing, it's like a thick syrup that they that they freeze. I think it's you're close to that. I would even go as far as to say it's like a like a really old Aunt Jemima's syrup, the one that crystallizes inside of your refrigerator. <laughs> the one you you forgot you didn't throw away 15 years ago, and you're like, yeah, Fuck. and and now all that like how honey crystallizes over time <laughs> now you've just got a bunch of cane crystals all around the top and everything so here's here's the only thing that works in 2020 it's aunt jemima syrup that's in your fridge and then you realize it's not called aunt jemima anymore so you're like oh fuck that is old what's it called they renamed aunt jemima didn't they yeah, no, they, yeah they did so. oh yeah they did it is now called the pearl milling company I'm pretty sure I have Aunt Jemima pancake mix on my Kroger. Yes, you do. But guess what? They no longer make that anymore. Now they sell Pearl Milling Company original pancake mix and Pearl Milling Company original syrup. Well, Kroger must not be done because... Uh, oh, they've got old stock for sure. I mean, we've got Aunt, old stock. Aunt Jemima is front and center. Let's well, see. PepsiCo <clears throat> attorney purchased brand name, blah, blah, blah. They, uh, it's officially, it was official February 1. They changed the name. Well, I want to bring this up here because I think it'll be more fun. I cannot drink Jack Daniels. It is just too much regret and college memories that like I don't want to remember. It's like <laughs> I get like a visceral response to drinking this again. I think I, I would have yeah. that response with a blueberry. I think it was a sea dog, a blueberry beer. Mm. I have vivid memories of being very sick after drinking blueberry beer. I do not yeah. have bad memories of Jack Daniels at all. Yeah, mine's yes, all McCormick's yeah. vodka. Kill me on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we have much more to add to taste. It's definitely a, a, no. this visceral, visceral sweetness. Uh, the table syrup stands pretty hard. Um, oh, sorry. Did, did I say something else? On taste. nose. Yes, like, on wait nose. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Skipped it all. Um, if you want to move the taste, I think it maintains that sweetness uh, through the taste. Um, I'm going to disagree. I think it's less sweet than the nose makes it seem. Yes. Oh, I think it still maintains the sweetness. I, I might agree that it loses some that is kind of I was surprised. Sold I thought it nose. was going to be way more sweet based off the nose. And it is to me, it is significantly less sweet. Um, but I, I think I may be pulling a lot more of that charcoal than you guys are. And that's something I did want to bring up is I think the sweetness is there, but it's flattened. And I do think I get more of a muted tone of that charcoal, or at least it pulls it down. I, I don't know if I want to say I taste the charcoal, but I feel like I taste some sort of burnt remnants in there. Um, but then again, I don't eat charcoal, so maybe I feel it like that charcoal. dips into the you finish. Because I feel like the finish is ashy. Woof! Like it leaves an ashy remnant in ashy, my mouth. Huh? Yeah, that's what I. Think. Well, let's finish. Let's finish the taste, and we'll get there. Because I still think I get a lot of the, I don't know, the muted tones of that that syrup as well. 
but I do think that the, it's downplayed on the sweetness a lot. I get some vanilla too. I, I read I, a review. You read? I, uh, I can. A couple. I get. I'm up to a sentence he, now. He can. He just chooses not to. <laughs> yeah. No. I read a review that was. Um, it mentioned banana milkshake on the taste, and I kind of dig that description. Maybe Max hates bananas and loves Jack Daniels. Um, I might. I hate that, that everyone him. puts nine bananas in their smoothies, and it's wrong. That's a topic for another podcast. Yeah, fucking smoothies. Smell my banana. Uh, I could, I could, I could kind of get behind that a little bit. I think if I was sold that bill of goods, I could force myself to buy it. But it's a little tough. I think that could be there. I think, I think you could be swayed if you're like, I'm really looking for a flavor. That's that was really searching. Yeah, Mm -hmm. if you're searching, you're like, I don't love what's here, but I want to find something. And you read that, you'd be like, I could go there. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's more of a texture thing. Like, well, banana. Banana's a flavor. It's kind of it, it is a little bit creamy in terms of texture, but it's not I can see creamy the thickness in terms of, of it. I mean it's it's thickness not in a consistency standpoint, but from a taste standpoint, I think it comes through a little thick. But I, I pull a lot of that from the sugar and the syrup comments, not so much the banana milkshake. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Finish. Let's not bore them. Let's go right to finish. Um I think it's a little it's bold, but it's sh- well, I don't want to say it's short. It's bold, but it's one note. That's what I'll say. I think it's my one note would be vanilla. Yeah, I think it's I think it's there. Vanilla is probably pretty good. I think like a slight charcoal is potentially there. It's it's in between, but I don't think it's shifting, moving, or changing through the process. It just is bold, fades out, and that's it. I don't think there's much to it. I can, I can kind of get that ashy Clint you're referring to if I if I think about maybe, it. Maybe maybe it's more like an aerated vanilla. Not bad. Aerated like, vanilla, like like very very light and fizzy, uh, not really carbonated, but but just airy, and that's yeah. why I think ashy. I think airy, but but I guess I could see a vanilla on the final bit. Fair enough. I can't remember if it was this or something else I was drinking, but I I wanted to write down root beer, but I don't think it was. It might have been this. It might not have been. I don't think so. Because I'm not Root I'm not beer. getting any of that today. I was gonna say on the finish? Just in general. I think more more towards the finish and the end of the palette, but I don't huh. think it was this. I think it might have been something else. Yeah, no really. Alright. Yeah, I would say I, I think it's say, kinda short. Know. Yeah, I wrote shortish. Yeah, I think we can we can kinda agree there. It's it's not too complex. Um I don't think it... I think it might be a little, uh, I don't want to say it's longer than what you guys are saying. I don't think it's long by any means, but I think it does do a very consistent fade. So by the time you get to the end of it, it kind of feels like it's over before it is because you're like, nothing's going to happen. So I think there's potential that you might, someone might find this that it lasts a little longer than they expect, um, but it's not doing anything in that process. So you, you easily forget that it's it's still there just because it's kind of, you become numb to it almost. Mm-hmm. Max, I, I got, I got my, two questions. Sure. Proof? Uh, 80 proof price. Oh, fudge. What was it? 20. I don't know what it is. That what it is? A total wine? Cause I don't, my, my Kroger price is 25. I'm so I'm just curious how, how total time. wine looked. My, my heart question 20. Hmm. So you said 25 at Kroger. Mm-hmm. That's 20% off, you know, on that price. That's really good at 20 bucks. I mean, just not sorry, Rachel's. not really good at twenty bucks. I'm saying it's good in rel- relative, yeah, for what you can get it for. But, but, but the total wine gives you just a good deal overall. Yeah, and you can get the the one point seven five liter for thirty six, which is that's a 
smoking like price per how i know we haven't drank it on the show but jim beam how does that compare if just that off the top of anyone's head i think pricing um, looking at kroger pricing i think it's way better jim beam is 15 bucks i think i'd rather drink jim beam than jack but i think i'm biased yeah, Jim Beam's I don't think 14 Beam bucks the total wine, so you're going to save a Brady penny going down to that. Like like Daniels does. I think it comes down to preference on I don't remember because I think it being Jim Beam sugary. is way better. I think Jim Beam is way better in terms of a straight whiskey that you drink on its own. Uh, I think Jack Daniels has way more potential when it comes to mixing with things in that I think it complements a lot of the sweeter... Um, well, sweeter, Coke. I think it complements Coke really well. I almost feel like... You know, Jack Daniels was made to be mixed with Coke. I read I when I was looking into just random stuff. You know, a lot of people just go right to assuming Jack and Coke. Like that's the thing. Like, oh, you want to drink Jack Daniels or Jack and Coke? Like, never. I didn't put that in the search. That wasn't the title of the article. That's just what they go to. So it seems like, you know, one is just a straight up brand recognition of Jack and Coke, where the other is. I think Jim is a good product for the price, and I think it might be better on its own. But it's going to come down to preference for sure. Yeah. Let's. Uh, are we ready to rate it? Because I am. I think so. I think we've hit all the. I think we've hit all the notes. Unless you have any more questions to throw at me, Pat. Maybe you already know the answer to. No, no questions. I think it would be uh, an interesting comparison, Jim and Jack next to each other. Yeah, time, I, I agree. I think. I think in terms of both a a straight drink and uh, kind you know, of with the standard the fight drinks. in the same kind of. I, f- I feel like Jim and Jack are one of the ones like your Bud Light versus Miller Light versus Coors Light. What's funny is I think most almost everyone um, compares the two on even playing fields without price being a factor. Exactly. So it's like, do you want Jim or do you want Jack? And it's like, oh, I'll take Jack. But it's like, you know, that's a significant upcharge. Like that's 50% more than the Jim price, at least for Total Wine. You've got 14 versus 20. That's almost a 50% increase in price. Like that's not a freaking small amount. Yeah, you could get be- mellow corn for the same prices now. You can get a one point seven five liter Jim Bean for twenty for only four dollars more than just a seven hundred fifty milliliter of Jacks. So, I mean, like you're talking a significant difference if you're just like wanting to buy anything to drink. Jim is the easy buy of the price, but I still think they compete on the. Uh, you know, I have a preference. I'll just buy that. But it's there's there's a significant difference in buying power, which is interesting. But so it kind of shows the. One, the I don't care about the lower price category, like anything under 20 kind of sits in the same realm. I feel like people feel that way. And then there's also like the the jack itself. Everyone feels like it's it's way higher class for the same price as Jim. But it's like, no, no, it's not. It's significantly more expensive than Jim Bean. So I, I think they've definitely played their cards right. And Jack's done a fantastic job at marking themselves as the cheap alternative when really they're not the cheap alternative they're i mean they're cheap but they're not like competing with jim it'll be it'll be good when we do the comparison next week with makers i think because they probably are in the same range then i think they sit much i I would almost i would almost say i think makers is more expensive but i'm not i'd say if i had a guess i'd say makers probably six bucks more oh makers on for total wine is a dollar more oh so i don't know what it comes out kroger wise but total wine is a dollar i said jack was 20 right yeah because makers is 21 Makers yeah. is twenty four, so it's but just the same price. So we sit, yeah. It's it just depends on the day. You're sitting at the same price, and I that, feel like that'll Makers be. Is I think just, we got to remember to bring that up when we we talk on yeah, Makers I, the following week. Is based a on bit my of comparison. based on recall, I would say I'd, Makers is gonna. I'd buy Makers all before Jack all day, but 
then again, I've been buying Jack forever and I feel like it's that whole branding thing. I'm a Jack Daniels person. So I've just been stuck with it. So it is what it is. I think you get to these, you're in these big brand, like these giant brands of like, I own Jack Daniels t-shirts, Jack Daniels hat. I you mean, get, I don't, you can get a Jack Daniels t-shirt at Walmart, like kids in high school are wearing it. Cause it seems cool. that's what I'm saying. It's like, you're getting into the ultra. It's kind of like the Apple versus Google versus Microsoft. Like, you become very like brand dependent. You're like, I love this brand. It's like, why? It's like, oh man, they're my brand. It's just it's like old sports, number seven, baby. I guess Jasper sports Daniels, teams. Yeah, it's man. more of like a sports team theme. It's like yes. it's like it doesn't matter. I'm a Bears fan. I can just buy their shit. It's okay, whatever. You know? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's I I don't get it sometimes, but I guess I can get it in this comparison. So, anyways, let's move on to scoring this guy. Um, I've already note, given a score before. Go this ahead, is making me. Uh, want to grab a bag of candied pecans? Ooh, that's a good pairing right there. Watching beef jerky. I like that. I want I like some sourdough pretzels. I just want food now. I ate a bowl Anyways. of cereal while watching The Shining, but that's on, a separate boys. topic. <laughs> you guys are killing me. Let's score it. I've given my score before. I'm gonna stand by it. I still think it is a a two, not in terms of it's a low score. In terms of it's a hell of a mixer, and I still like it in Coke. I had it tonight, Jack and Coke. I don't think it hits the same way it used to. I think it's way sweeter than I want. But I I, I think I mixed a 50-50. I'm more of like a 60-40 generally, 60% Jack. I like it a lot. Not strong, but I like to, to bleed out that sweetness on the Coke. So I might throw a little more Jack in here just to see how it melts down. But uh, I think it's just a really good mix in general. I like the sweetness it brings out, that, that uh, brown sugar and maple sweetness well table syrup sweetness uh i think it does a really good job penetrating a heavy drink like coke and it mixes really well i, I think this was like they had coca-cola on the on the freaking product line while they were making it and they're like let's just make this marry really well and they nailed it i think i'll sit at a two as well not for the mixer comment but thinking back to the johnny walker black last week i think johnny walker black hits a couple more notes that i would prefer to have if i was going to sit and have something I'm not a I'm not a fan of mixed drinks in general. If I'm gonna drink something, I'd rather do like more of a cocktail. If um if I'm drinking cheap, I'm gonna go beer before yeah. I would go a just a a soda and, and liquor type of thing. So I'm gonna put it at two just for the fact I I think it it is it is inoffensive. It does what it wants to do, but for me, it it's not the profile I'd be looking for, and I would want to go get again. Yeah, I think by itself it's a it's a tough sell in general. Which I want to I say that I think for most of America they like the sweetness. Okay, I want to give it a zero, but I respect why people like a it. Zero? So. That's oh, new. Yeah. I did, did we didn't even talk about the rating scale. Score. Hold on, Pat. You got to start reminding John because he thinks a zero exists. A zero is you pour it down. The, some, you return it to drinks. the distillery. <laughs> you go back and you say, talk I to want the manager. Oh, Karen, you said thirty Karen days. Over here. <laughs> you yeah. said thirty day guarantee. I want my ten dollars back. It's just it's John's oh, calling the number on the label if you're dissatisfied. He's that kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> guaranteed or your money back. Let me see Sorry if they say that on here. John. No, they don't. They no, don't say I just, may, I want to speak again. I know I'm biased for this, but I want to retch anytime I drink this now. So I'm going to give it a two because I respect why people like it for mixed drinks, but I'm going to go no higher than that. I think you'd be fair to put it at a one. 
Yeah, go for. I think you are too, and I think there's a strong I think recommendation. It's, I think for there being is there is definitely a line on this where it be, can become offensive. For me, I don't have a history with Jack. Like I, I didn't order it in college. I'd always go. Beer. And I think mine is generally positive in terms of mixed drinks, but by itself, I'm not really a fan. And if you told me in a in a vacuum of this straight, it's not. It's a one. Like I don't like Jack by itself, and I would not really want to do that ever. So. You know, I, I'm not opposed to a one in general. I just, I think it still is a very strong mix in terms of it can soak up a lot of those heavier. That's why I say mixed drink and not cocktail, because I think it does rather well in these heavy syrupy Cokes, Pepsis, whatever you're going to mix it with. And it, it stands strong and it still adds Something a lot. that'll cover its uh, weak points. Yeah, I think it does well in terms of covering that up, but also it penetrates well, which, you know, there's a lot of things we talked about in general of like, oh, what if you mix it? It's like something like Taki or what was the other one? Was it Con- I don't think it was Connemara. Uh-uh. Maybe it was Connemara uh-uh. where we said that oh, if you mixed smoky. it, you would just, you would either ruin it because the smokiness is not a good mix or the flavor is so weak that the second you add like a drip of something to it, it just becomes that drink and it's not worth it. Where I think Jack Daniels is doing a very strong... Uh, or at least has a very piercing uh, uh, quality that you're just, it's going to work in a mixed drink. But, you know, to his or own. I mean, it, it, it you could even say that I mix it with Coke and it's still too much of the Jack coming through. Like, there's still too much of that remnant flavor I don't like and it, it's downgraded. So I think a one is pretty fair. Clint, bring us home. Uh, man, I, I feel kind of caught. I mean, Clint's I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a big... <laughs> no... <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the the profile per se. Um, I'm not a big fan of mixed drinks either. the The only thing that I find redeeming in it is that it makes me want to eat candy pecans. So I just I think makes you want to eat junk food. Yeah, I mean that. Would sweetness, you cook with this, Clint? Well, see that where I went with that is that sweetness that I described on the nose, where I said crystallized syrup. It, that's where I'm kind of getting the candy pecan thing a little bit. And then when you described it even more in the palette, I I don't know. I, I'm going to call it a one, actually. Yeah. I just, I don't drink right. enough mixed drinks to really, and I think it is a little, I mean, it's just so sweet. It's, and not in a, and not in my favorite way. Here's I think where we're at is that uh, it's the best selling in America. Why? Because it pairs well with the junkiest of foods, and people love that shit. <laughs> throw me some sugar, Very throw true. me some jack, and I'm on board. I mean, it's affordable. Like it's not like it's it's cost it's prohibitive not of, to do yeah. so. I mean, they're skirting. You know, they're yeah. The cost is like going into you're you're paying for it. It's what th- twenty thirty bucks tops. You're you're, I think you're paying for I it. Think you're they're like, always hey, the top Jack is the a good end. brand is what you're thinking in your head when you're not a whiskey person. I think they've always been the top of the cheap end, but the bottom of the like mid to mm, low high end tier of where they are like garnered in respect. So they always seem like they out because like makers always seems like Fancy. a higher end whiskey to me. But a cocktail it's still, whiskey, whereas this is more of a mixer whiskey. Yeah, but I mean, they sit in the same in the same price bracket. And it's like, wow, that's kind of crazy, you know. And this, I think, you only get that resonance when you start doing what we're doing. It's like you're digging into it. You're you're literally like, okay, I'm gonna buy the neck. I'm gonna buy fifteen whiskeys over fifteen weeks, and I'm really gonna look at price to what I get. And so you don't 
you know, most people aren't digging into that. They're going to their local grocery store where they have Makers, Jim, Jack, and some random shit that's 50 bucks, and they go, I'm not buying that. So they just go with what they like. Jack's 20 bucks. I'm in. I don't care. It's fine. 25 bucks, whatever. That's nothing. So it's just a strange, like, everything lives in this weird gray area of, like, I'm cheap, but I think I garner way more than I'm worth. But do they really? So... You know, but they're doing they're going they're doing good things in general when you look at their history. They're doing a lot of like I don't want to say farm to table, but like they hire local, you know, they donate all their extra mash to like local farms. They do a lot of like great things in their community. They're not they're so not they're, a bunch of suits in the in the ivory tower. Exactly. They they've done a lot of good things. They were family owned. I think it was nineteen fifty eight is when because uh uh Mr. Jasper. Daniels did not have a family, kids. And he left it to, I think it was his two nephews. Uh, I think he left it to his two nephews who eventually passed it on and they had it in the family until 1958 until it was sold off to a uh, more of a a conglomerate. But uh, I mean, still to this day, they still hire local, you know, they still keep everything local, they source local. So, I mean, they're still doing right by most people. Um, I think it just comes down to taste, but the company itself is pretty good in general of... How they take care of their people and 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 you know keep their company pretty much clean at least from their marketing and you know the stuff you find online. How it really is, I don't know, but you know from everything they tell us and that I've read, it seems pretty solid. I think hey, what you just described so is just... them being really good at marketing. Well, I mean, I think it's not and just marketing. I think they actually do the things they say. I mean, it's marketing just is like Brooklady was, where you know they're they care about the community even though they are trying to push a product. I, yeah, I mean, there's there's a weird, there's always going to be this weird in between of like, are you just selling to me, or are you like actually genuinely doing things? It's like one thing of like always hiring local, which they you know they keep it in their community. That's something they do do. I mean, it's not a marketing thing. It sounds like a marketing thing, but they're actually you know adding to the community. Same with like donating their unused mash to local farms. Like it's definitely a marketing ploy, and it sounds great. It looks great. It doesn't even affect their bottom dollar because they have mash that's going bad. They're going to throw it out. It doesn't affect their bottom dollar. So they just donate it. It looks good. It's good marketing, but it also just makes sense. I guess. So I think, yeah, some some things are marketing, but they they are also a good tie-in with the community. I guess where I was actually going with that, and I didn't really communicate this very well, is just when I look at it as a whiskey in general, um, it seems like a great idea, but then when you do a lot of A-B comparisons and you're comparing it to like our podcast right now, now that we've got 20-some-odd whiskeys that we have a portfolio of, of things that we try, it just it just doesn't seem to stand up to the scrutiny. And that's what I'm saying, where most people are going to their local grocery store, they're seeing their... Three to four, twenty and dollar, twelve, twenty dollar option and under, and they're saying I'm a Jack guy. I'm buying Jack, and I think, you know, I think I did touch on this where it's like, you you just won't understand until you're like, I'm gonna commit to buying twenty different whiskeys and trying them because because let's be real, nobody's doing that. Like most consumers are not doing that. Even with the internet, where you can be like, let's just look up a comparable product. With whiskey, it's hard because it's so personal. You know, I mean, it's like with their scores. Some of us are at fours, some are at ones, some are at sixes, some are at twos. It's like, but it's the same whiskey. Yeah, but we have all different tastes. So it's like, it becomes this thing of like $20 and under. 
I'll buy whatever there is. But now it just becomes, I like that taste and they buy it. So yeah, I think that if, if more people, you know, took a, a 30 day, 60 day, or I guess four to six month thing of saying, I'm going to buy different whiskeys every two weeks and try them out. They would probably get away from this. But that's not kind of the the way that, you know, you can only distribute so much. And there's only so many giant companies that can be like, you know, all those small towns in the middle of Indiana, I can get there. And that's, you know, that's your makers, your gym, your jack. Like, they're going to be prominent and they're going to be affordable. And even the guy who works at the gas station or TJ Maxx or whatever, he can afford it. And he's like, I'm in, I'm good. So, you know, they run the table on this price point, which is great for them. They found a great spot, but I mean, they, they have their expensive whiskeys, but you know, their distribution chain and how it works is they've got it made. I have one closing question for the group before we move on to uh, the movie. Does this, does Jack Daniels, Jasper Daniels, old number seven, make you not or make you want to try some of their higher end offerings? No. I want to start with John. Absolutely not. Clint. I I'm willing to give it a try, but if they stay on the sugar note, I'm not going to be pleased. So to answer your specific question, through the lens of trying Jack Daniel's old number 7 Tennessee sour mash whiskey, the answer's no. The answer's no. <laughs> TM I, trademark. Right this there. would not this would not sell me to a higher level of their whiskey. Based on their history, I would buy more. Based on the fact that the oldest distillery, you know, they have, I mean, that's the biggest one, that they've been around for a long time and that this, you know, this is the recipe they came up with, you know, a hundred years ago. So, and they try to, you know, they don't, they don't deviate from, it's not like it's, there's a lot of things like Coke and other, other like French fries and all kinds of like dumb things that are unhealthy for you that they try and make healthier. Like they try, they try, they try, they remove corn syrup, they remove this, but alcoholic beverages they i don't think you get a lot of that you don't get a lot of like we're making the recipe different to make it healthier you get a lot of like you know with uh, black label we're doing paper bottles to be more eco-friendly with uh with um brook Lottie, they're not doing the metal tins or in the paper tins they're looking at an eco standpoint but they're like we're not going to jeopardize our hundred year recipe to to be more healthy so i think you're getting a recipe that's it's old and tried, and I think with American whiskey, it's worse off because it doesn't have as much of a legacy since America's pretty new country in general of the world. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things you got to think about in terms of the history, and I think that you know when you look at things that they've created recently or in the last twenty years, it's worth trying. They've you know there's a lot that's changed. So I would try based on their legacy and knowing about this drink itself more things but based on it by itself i don't think it would pull me in at all i think the price point is all it has and the legacy that goes with that of the oh yeah i know it's old and it's 20 bucks that's cool but past that i don't think it really draws you in there you have it sorry that was long-winded you got an answer right. <laughs> i i'd like to see what they can do if they've got a little creative freedom i'll leave it at that yeah their their hands are pretty tied with the original Jack Daniels. I mean, in the same way that Wild Turkey can come up with Rare Breed, it'd be curious to see what they can do if they're like, yeah, because Rare Breed's a blank canvas. Fairly new see what you can drink make. in terms of whiskey, you know. So it's a whole deal. But yeah, I mean, so there we have it. I'm a two. Clint's a one. Pat's a 
two. John's a one. John's a two. Dose. He's gonna stick with the two. Stick with the two. Okay, two, 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 one. You heard it here first and only. The only podcast that matters. Uh, before, with Coke. before we go into movie, yeah. can Enjoy. we take a pee break? Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna take a free break. Intermission. Since we went forty-two minutes on this. <laughs> sure, go take a pee break. And I'm gonna grab a beer. I'm gonna do my. Uh, I'm gonna do my mid-roll ads. Have you this heard episode, of MeUndies? This episode is brought to you by fuck. Coca-Cola. Mix it with a nice Jack Daniels. If we really go 42 <laughs> brought minutes Brought to you by Jack... This? Yeah, I'm at 44. Yeah, that wasn't quick at all. How did... I felt like this was going to be short and simple. I'll tell you why. Because Jack Daniels is old, and it's easy it's to find Max's out. favorite whiskey ever. Uh, not, not true. I'll tell you what. I was going to skip uh, the bottle review because it's gone so long. But their sticker is crooked. <laughs> it irritates me. But it's only crooked on one side, so it feels like they just printed a too short sticker. Oh, wait, let me do this. Wait, if it's only crooked on one side, isn't that how it's crooked? That's for me. That was for me. I don't know. It's on the right side of the bottle. It's slanted like it's too short. But on the left side of the bottle, it's Here, wait. Fine. Hold it up to the camera because I can actually see this. Let me can see you actually? Mean. Like this side is crooked. Oh, yeah. Like this side... It's fine. How does that happen? It's like they printed the label too short. Yeah. Like it's like an edge is, Wait, is like there, Let me see if there's cut. a ripple in this somewhere. Yeah, I don't know how that would mm, happen. No, it's just like no ripple. It's like they cut it They cut it wrong. Very weird. Huh. I didn't see a beer. Oh, he's not. Oh, burr. Where's that beer? <laughs> I couldn't hear it. Dang it. Shitty mic. All right. Kay. Are you back, Pat? Yeah. Done. Done. Do All right, we're fucking back. Let's do it. Let's talk about the the newest movie I've seen because I saw it today. How did you like it? So wait, wait, wait. Before we start, uh, I've seen it like probably ten times. Pat, two, maybe three. Okay, Clint, three. Okay, so Max, this is your first though, right? First time seeing it. All I've ever seen is memes about it. What did you think about it? Initial impression. Uh, initial impression is it's long. It is long. It's. Uh, in- I think, I think they set up more than they need to. Uh, but it's it. I don't think it's they do wrong by it. Like I think they earn the time, but I don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just like my one thing I really notice is there's a lot of backstory that I don't like. They talk about he was a teacher and here and then he only did to earn money. It was like, do they really need to like bring up the fact he's a teacher? And they brought it up a lot. Does it matter? I don't think so. Like I don't, I don't think it really added to the story. But it was fine. They sold it well. Um, that just seems like Stephen King's writing, though. I yeah. think a lot of it, all of his comes shit, is from so long. Book. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes from just like the book and building these characters. I don't think it added to the characters in general. But and that's the movie form. The book, it probably matters more. Uh, but you know, I think it was fine with what it did. I think everything was okay or did well, or it drew me in enough until, let's see, until the scene where, well, definitely where he hit the point where his wife walks into the, the, the room that he's writing in and finds the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah. And that's where the whole movie just becomes like adrenaline, like fun, entertaining. I can't look away. I can't do anything. I'm, I'm locked in. But I think before that, See, there's definitely times where you're like, uh, I'm, con- I'm I'm mostly committed. That's fine. Um, 
That's interesting you say that because I think up until that point, I'm waiting for something to happen and nothing does. So I'm sitting on the edge of my seat like, because there's always that music that's like, uh, just like the, waiting the for something. Violins. It's yeah. definitely, it's the, it's the point where you realize, I mean, it's, I mean, it's the point where you realize like he's not, like he's been consumed by something else. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jack is just like, his head's been way all over the place because at the, you know, he's very convincing as an actor and the movie itself in that he's working, he's writing, you know, you see him like pondering, throwing the ball at the wall, like thinking about things, goes back to writing, you know, it seems like he's very, it it seems like he's very (laughs) into this writing he's doing. But then at that point you realize that he's been consumed by something the entire time. It's not just, the end of the movie, or you know, the last half where he's been like possessed, not possessed, but consumed by this house and the whole story. It's like you realize it's from the very beginning that he's been like completely consumed with his his duty and this whole deal. So I think that's okay. where my, the point where I went. I'm into this movie. Like I really want to watch what's next. Did you like it overall? Uh, in terms of like, I think this is exactly what I thought. Is like last week I said Blade Runner was like. It's this 1% of, like, difference that could have made it, you know, the Star Wars of its time. I think The Shining is the opposite, where it's, like, it nailed on all cylinders to become a cult classic at launch. Like, it was exactly what it needed to be. I can't believe that they waited until... Well, I mean, based on a book to have a sequel, you know, they didn't have one until, like, 2019 with, I think, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. But I just... And then again, this doesn't really lead to a sequel, which is fine. I just feel like I didn't look where this movie did the box office. I feel like easy. You walk out of the theater and you're like, I get it. It's crazy. It's this is this is in- engaging. I'm gonna tell my friends to watch it. Where something like Blade Runner, especially the theatrical release, when I looked up, it was like not clear all the time. Mm-hmm. You walk out and you go, I-, I don't know. It was interesting, but it yeah. wasn't. Didn't blow my mind. This is like, damn, intense. Okay, so I like it. yeah, definitely. I I see I see that this this I haven't looked, but I think this movie probably blew up at the bo- at the blockbusters. I'm gonna check right now while we're talking. It had it had to. I mean, it was it's definitely the thing where you went and then you know maybe not opening weekend, but within the next month, everyone was seeing it because dang, it gets crazy. <clears throat> Forty seven million. Um, That's considered good. Hold on. Was it a box Let's office see. hit? Despite its technical achievement, the film was not a box office success. And was derided by critics for being too long and too slow. So that's interesting. So kind of, you know, didn't hit its stride until the last forty minutes. Or so, so my comment on that was like, I it is long. You have to really sit through it. There's so many acts. But like the entire time, I liked it because I just wanted to know more about this like hotel and the story behind it and the fucked up things that happened. Yeah. In so it. wouldn't it be cool if they like cut out the first half an hour? They talk about their backstory and just made it more about the hotel. That is true. Because the, I feel like I think that's the, the reason part. they do the backstory is to show how um, Mr. Torrance was it Jack has the weak mind. He's got the, fa- the the flaws, the character flaws that allow the evil of that hotel to seep into him and take over him. So is that what it is, or is that the hotel put him out into the world? No, the I hotel think even lets though he's it, in the photo from nineteen twenties because he is now part of the same reason yeah. uh what's his name grady was the butler and the butler's so, like so are you, you were saying always that it, the caretaker so, but let's say that in 
let's just say figuratively 10 years from now, there's a new person that the hotel takes, you know, gets into their clutches and brings them in. Does that photo from the 1920s change to put them in the photo? I think so. Yes. That's how okay. I would that, it. That was my so, take. So my interpreter was that the hotel put this person into the world to lure a new family in. I don't but think I mean, so. it's like, but it's, you know, it's not like the idea of no free will. This person's doing a thing. It's that we've created this person who's always existed and put them back into the world to relive this thing. And they don't even know it, but they will eventually get here. It is just their destiny. But the hotel created this person. The only thing, the only argument I have against that would be, because I kind of like that take, but the argument I have against it is you see him battling with his own self when he's constantly being tempted by the previous killer guy. What's his name? The um, uh, Deller and Grady. Yeah, like you see him constantly tempting him and he's like slapping his head, like trying to get the thoughts out of his head. And then he kind of like slowly just gives in over time, I feel like. Yeah, but I still think that's part of like, they that he's not just a oh that's he's true. not I just guess, a robot yeah. you put out he's there it's like a thing that they created to be like you have free will you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. but you will come back here and like he there's this thing in the back of his head that's always saying you'll come back here and mm-hmm. so it's like you know he's always battling with it even though it's forcing him to come back that's how i, I felt I about it that. like that's it's a thing they put out i never the thought world. It, i never thought about it that way i think the hook though that's cool is when he's going to that gold room He's sitting at the bar. It's the empty room. And he goes, I would give my soul for a beer. The ghosts appear. The bartender's there with the full bar. And he's pouring the drink. Mm-hmm. So like that, from that point on is when Jack turns into, you know, the monster of the, of the hotel versus the angry dad. I think that's, I think that's the key turning point there. Mm-hmm. And he takes the drink. And he's talking about, I haven't had a drink in five months. I'm mad. I didn't mean to hurt him, all that. And then from there, he spirals downwards, kind of letting that hotel, let that evil seep into his heart, making him do. Yeah, and I think part of that is that I think part of it's forced because they finally let the viewer in on the the whole thing. And so if you you don't commit at that point, the viewer is going to be upset. I think that's part of you got to think of the cinematography and that, you know, if I turn the tables and say, oh, there's a full bar and Lloyd's there, and then you know, half an hour later, his wife comes down and it all disappears. Like, you can't let the viewer see that and then just let it go back to normal or him fight it and just be like, no, it's fine. So you have to commit. But mm-hmm. I think it's still, it could still jive with my idea of, you know, he is put out into the world by this evil hotel and comes back unknowingly because at the same time, he knows things that, why would you know? Like, he knows the bartender's name without, yeah. like, he sits there and goes, Hey Lloyd, how's it going? Just out of nowhere, and you're like, "How do you even know this guy's he name?" He also calls the butler Jeevesy, even though it's not really his name. Uh, yeah, but be, I mean, I think part of that he is could just be in. I think part of that is because the butler is him. So like, he's just a reincarnation of that. But like, my idea of the the hotel keeps putting this this being into the world to suck a family back in is that that's that person that's Grady. Like he is Grady. Hmm. You know, okay. it, Grady, in my, in my idea, Grady doesn't exist. Grady is him because you don't, like you see Grady multiple times, but Grady is the, is the story that brings Jack to the hotel. And it happens over and over in that he's in the photos. He's there. Like in the 1920s, he was there. He wasn't, you know, the house creates this Grady to keep covering up the idea that Jack exists. 
And then, you know, Jack keeps going out into the world, bringing someone back. And then Grady meets them and he goes, oh, I know about Grady. And then Grady's like, no, you are Grady. Like, you, you are, are the, the person. You've always been the caretaker. You've always been the guy that's here. And he's like, uh, yeah, no, what's going on? Because you you don't see photos of Grady. Like, you see, he saw him in the newspaper. But it's not like he's documented in the in the hotel. Or at least they don't show you. So that's my idea of the thing. I wish I... Wish I this is like when i made up the joke about tastes like wet petals or something i wish i could say i was reading this and i could give you real answers if i'm just making this up that's an interesting take no i do like that though i don't i don't know if there's an answer out there but it's it's a cool thought i think if i step Um, if i I rewind us a bit though i know we talked about kind of at the start how we felt about the movie i feel like this is a movie the first time you see it's great the second time you see it, you know the major plot beats, and you can't I think it's enjoy too slow. it as much. I think it's too slow. No, I really enjoyed the build-up up until that scene where he's at the bar. From there, I lost interest. So I was hooked. Oh, really? Like, I was, I was going to watch it and kind of play PlayStation at the same time, because I'm like, I, I know what happens. I, I don't need to watch all of this. Ended up leaving it idle the entire time, up until that bar scene, and then I'm like, okay, I remember how this kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. But between, like, the tracking shots... The, the hotel tracking shots are really good and the things like that that sucked me right in in a way i didn't expect it to which um you know props props to stanley kubrick and the team on on that that you know it really it really sold me on like oh, yeah you know what maybe i do want to watch this a little bit more intently than i thought mm-hmm. yeah and this i think a, uh good i was just gonna say this is a movie i love watching with people for the first time because I've seen it so many times that like when someone's like I don't I haven't seen The Shining and you like they want a movie to watch it's like ooh let's put this on because I I don't know it's always fun to see what people think it's funny because me and my wife didn't I said last week me and my wife didn't see this movie and I watched it with her uh, and we were both like this is the kind of movie that someone tells you over the last twenty years have you seen The Shining you're like oh, I haven't seen it and I was like oh my god it's so amazing gotta watch it and then you watch it and you actually go wow this movie's actually really good. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many movies that people tell you to watch, and you're like, fuck, why did I watch this? But this, <laughs> this, I mean, for a first-time watcher, I found this movie extremely entertaining. Like I said, I think it's long. I think the beginning buildup doesn't do justice to the ending in terms of, like, some stuff isn't really rectified in, the, like, the teacher plot that they really push a lot. I don't think it makes a ton of sense in terms of how does it affect the ending. It doesn't. But... It does well enough that I was I was consumed for what two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Like At I was least. in it. I didn't turn away. So I think it does really well by itself. You know, I think it was a great movie. Um, my wife liked it. She loved it, and she's not at two and a half hours. That's a movie where my wife goes, "That's too long," and she's just on Facebook after an hour and a half. Like she's like, "There's no way I watch the end of this." Hmm. I, I finished the last twenty minutes before we started recording. But again, I mean, second or third time a, through, I knew what was going to happen. It just ran out of time last night. It's it's funny, though, that in, what, 1980, I think it was 1980, they, they say it's too long, or at least that was some of the original reviews, and that nowadays some of our biggest, you know, blockbuster movies are two and a half, three hours, because, and everyone's like, it was too short. They got to be longer. You know, like The Avengers. Oh, it's two, two and a half hour movies. What no, the fuck? No, second was three and a half. <laughs> God, what the fuck? <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Did you think we're... Uh, Pat, you mentioned all those tracking shots. Did you guys notice how 
ass backwards some of the same shots are like if you see like the same part of the hotel twice things are actually like different like um like continuity is almost I feel lost. like they i feel like in terms of that is that a lot of times i don't know if it relates to it but it's like a lot of times i feel like am i in the same part of the hotel as before right i feel like this is the same room but they just move some shit around like i i think they're using like one hallway nine times i so, i agree that they did that it, if you look it up, people have like mapped out this hotel to like multiple floor plans and okay, shit. First trying of all, to figure this it hotel out. isn't like you watch the kid go on his little trike and you're like, holy, f- like, what is this hotel doing? Yeah, he's like right. doing right, left, right, left, right, right, left, right. Like, what the f- like, how does this even work out? Yeah, people put time into this. And I was looking it up because I wanted to see if this was like a old time filmmaking. They had to reuse space, but a lot of people are saying, and this could just be people theorizing, that Kubrick did this intentionally to make it feel like a maze itself in the hotel. It's kind of like a minotaur in the whatever story. Like the and hedge like, maze. It's meant to disorient well, you as exactly you're watching. That's exactly what I drew. When he, I, I drew that conclusion when he did the trike riding, and I was like, one, mm-hmm. I loved the uh, juxtaposition of him riding on the carpet and the hardwood and the carpet and the hardwood, and I was like, uh, it's kind of like mesmerizing in terms of like the tires just burn, 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 burn. Yeah. I was like, I like the sound of this. Like I, everything was to, very was like, intentional. Yeah, I told my wife, I'm like, this is like it's like mnemonic in a way of just like on off on. I was like, I love what they're doing here, but at the same time they were like all over the place in terms of where he's turning. Mm-hmm. And then I said the same thing when they, especially when he was uh, Jack goes over the model of the maze and looks at it and it kind of like zooms out and then transitions into the real life of them in the maze. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, there's such a good, you know, conclude, you know, they're drawing this conclusion of how he's in the hotel when he's looking at the maze and then it draws out to being in the maze. And I'm like, I feel like this is the connection of the house is part of that maze in terms of like, and you see it a lot when uh, his wife is running through the maze at the end with the knife and it's like she's seeing ghosts and skeletons and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and it's like she's just turning corners. And it's like the wallpaper is changing. The colors of the walls are changing. You got blue room, green, green room, uh, uh, red room. You're like, she's all over the place. Things are all over the place. It's, it's a maze. Like she doesn't know where she's going. I think it mm-hmm. does a really good job of merging the two together. Yeah. Yeah. I was really, I thought a lot of that, you know, tail end, last half of the movie tied everything together nicely it was you know it was interesting it kept me going i even and i was sitting there with these questions that i'm sure people have pondered for years and i'm like sitting here like do you think someone wondered about this and i'm like yeah no <laughs> thinking it has. was your you had the first idea like oh right, i wonder clint, if anybody thought trying. about this yeah clint tell us what you yeah. think <gasps> oh. no one's ever thought of this ever <laughs> no <laughs> you guys just no. say so many you, you guys just say so many damn smart things i just i'm just sitting over here like did it make my teeth chatter? Did it make me bite my nails? Did it make me it, freak out? It made me bite my nails, that's for sure. I was I on the edge of my seat, scary. like I said, that first half, you know, just remembering like, oh, this is just overall a tense vibe. The music, the hard cuts, the big zooms. I wrote that down as that's something that I love the way they use it. Just a oh. Well, that was that's that's one thing with um What's his name? I don't know what his name is in the movie. His his Scatman. He's a chef, the head chef, the black oh, guy. Scatman Carruthers. Well, f- funny enough, he's from Terre Haute, Indiana. Terre Haute. You know I go, what? My mom's from there. Uh, anyways, 
one of my one one scene where they really got me was where they show him in his bedroom and he's like it's it's his tv and they just they keep panning out panning out panning out panning out and they have the the naked black woman on the wall was like this is just drawing a whole thing and they show him real tight and then they go panning out panning out it's like a long time till you get to this thing was like you know 30 seconds of panning out and then it goes back to the other view that you panned out on and then back to him i'm like they really used like their ability to, you know, tighten in on a view and then expand on it and say, okay, this is what you think it is, and this is what it really is, because it's definitely like they're showing the TV, and I'm expecting like a serious news article on the TV, but then it pans out to this picture of you know the Blake, the naked black lady, then they show just him by himself, and I think it's gonna get real serious, but then it pans out to another naked black lady on his wall, and I'm like, I'm less seeing the seriousness. But then it goes back to the TV in wide mode, and I'm like, maybe it is serious. But then, ex- and then eventually we transition to his living room where he makes a phone call. So like the room itself didn't mean much in terms of what it what happened they, they in that room. Tenseness. They built the a lot thing. of like, yeah, exactly. They built a lot of tenseness in this room, and then nothing happens in it. Like he leaves it and he's in his living room. It's like they did a lot with with a little. That's this. I that those always. Oh, that was word garbage. I don't know how to describe this. That always like scared me a little bit with those long, just like burning shots because as they like zoom out, you're it's kind of like horror movies. You're overly do... focusing on things and you're yes. like, what's going to happen? And you know, in horror movies, they always do like the pan and something is in that upcoming pan shot that you just miss or it's yes. right there and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. And I'm like waiting for that with the zoom and it's always on their faces and it's always like their eyes are just center point. And then it's like zooming out, zooming out. Yeah. And you're just waiting for like something to come into focus or like a quick turn and it never comes. And you're just like, <sighs> like waiting. Yeah. Then it's just like I don't know. Room That's how I get telephone. Yeah. It was, a, it was a really good use of space and use of camera movement. And I think they do that a lot. You know, like when they, when they track him on the tricycle, Daniel on the tricycle, mm-hmm. they do a great job of following through and, you know, I just felt like I was on him with the trike. Like when things happened, you were there. You turned a corner, you felt that like I, I almost felt the G the whole forces time, of turning. I right? felt like okay, <laughs> we're gonna drift. We're gonna hit this corner. We're gonna slide. I was ready for that. Like the trike didn't slide, so I was like, oh, we're not gonna slide. But I always felt every time you took a corner, oh, the trike's gonna slide. I'm gonna slide. We're gonna slide with them. Like because the tracking was done really well. Very tight. Yeah, it was real good. Super tight. Super well. Uh, you know, it's, at one point I'm like, do they have like a GoPro on this trike? I'm like, no, it's too crisp of a track to be that because the trike is like going a little left, a little right. They just, their tracking shots were just really well done. It was really good. I think the only thing that I took away seriously from this movie was that contempt is one of the most dangerous emotions out there Ooh. because like you can even see in the character buildup you get Jack Nicholson's face and there's moments in that every day, like even when they're talking about his interview where you just, you just saw a flash of contempt. I, I, I dig that. I like that. Wait, keep going on that. Divulge into it. I, I just, the, I, the way, the way his facial expressions were, it, it almost seemed like even in the interview that he was better than that job. Mm-hmm. And he knew it. And then and then as it progressed into the feelings of being a father, you know, he, he felt he was adequate. And then he made that mistake. And 
now all the inadequacies come out and it develops Ooh, into like he had hate. like gla- like paper thin feelings of like confidence there yeah yeah and it and to me it felt like it just it all started with contempt hmm. like it, I, another good scene they're riding up into the mountain him and his kid and his wife and i get it's a long drive but I mean, I, hours. I mean, that was just such an uncordial way of talking to his wife and son. I, it just, it felt, it felt like there was no love lost there, to be honest. Yeah, I think that, that, I that. that whole attitude on how he treats his family sets up why that evil can seep in and, and mm-hmm. you know, make him try to murder everybody with an axe at the end. Say it again, sorry. I said, they really sell you on why... Like with all the things Clint let let into, is it shows how he's got these flaws that where the evil of the hotel can come into him and convince him to he needs to correct his family or whatever the heck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they definitely dig into that with the the whole him being locked in the cooler scene, cooler the the food Freeze, scene where food pantry. <clears throat> yeah, pantry where you know the uh, the butler comes in, talks to the wall, and tells him you know. Can you do this? Are you actually the one we want to choose? And it, and it, I think it amplifies, you know, his weaknesses, and that he's like, no, I I can be this person. Like this is who I'm supposed to be. Which I think I want to say bleeds into what I said, where it's like they create, you know, the hotel created this person to become this this thing, and so it, you know, the the fictitious characters, Grady is like good at saying, can you really be this? And he's like, yes, I can. I, I promise I can. It's kind of like the idea of like almost an abusive lover where it's like, you know, you can't do this. You can't, you can't make me happy, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like they, they get them, manipulate them to do what they want. It's the same deal here is that they're really, you know, echoing it all the way through and saying, no, you can't. Are you sure? Can you really? And he's like, yes, I can. I can. I'll prove it no matter what. And it pushes them to the next level. And it gets him there. Jack's got a weird thing with authority throughout the entire movie. Because that comes up in like kind of he really like his, does. his job role throughout like kind of the long stays. He's always like, I have a responsibility to these people. I signed a contract. Uh, da, 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 da. And it's but it like, makes me wonder like at what point is his character real? So like how long is, did they state how long him and his wife have been together? Gotta be as long because, as kids. Because everything eight, else, everything else is in months. Yeah. Like he started, he stopped drinking five months ago. Like I expected a lot of the things when they talked about it to be a long time, but a lot of things are like, oh, he was a teacher three months ago when we moved. Wasn't here. the first incident where he hit um, Tony or Danny or Danny? Yeah, Tony. He, he dislocated his shoulder. He pulled him. But the thing is, like, wasn't that a year ago though? No, it's five months ago. Because I said that after that it happened, he, he won't yeah. drink ever oh, again. Yeah. He did not drink for five months. So I like a lot because that's what I th- uh, what I was thinking is like a lot of times they originally say something, and it seems like it has a very deep rooted past, and you're like, oh man, he hasn't drank for like ten years. But then it's like, yeah, after he beat, after he dislocated his shoulder, he said he wouldn't drink again. And that was five months ago. You're like five months? Like that's we're talking most of his vices are less than six months ago like so like where does he yeah you could assume that he exists at least up until how old danny is Mm -hmm. but the thing is like it's hard to tell with the timeline of things because everything becomes like oh that's like a three-year problem like no it was three months ago you're like what but 
if that was like an issue for the rest of Dan or the beginning of Danny's life up until five months ago, then five months without that is kind of a long time. Well, you know, I mean, if that's been if, a if chronic Danny's, issue. I mean, what you would say? How old do you think Danny is, Pat? Five, six? four? No, I was gonna say eight. Oh eight? shit, really? So if Danny's <laughs> eight and he okay. just stopped drinking five months ago, that uh-huh. means he drank the last you know seven and a half months. Right. You so mean I mean years. The, or seven and a half years, yeah. So it's like you got. So think, I mean, like, five months sober is a long the, time. Oh, it says five it's months five. sober. But the thing is, like the okay. So, but in context, five months sober is not a long time in terms of if you say five, four and a half years of not sober and maybe beating your wife. Five months sober, if you're an alcoholic, is yeah, That's I know that. Saying. But I'm like, saying in relative terms of five and five years. But I'm saying like think about it from that aspect of like. If that's been his whole for the past however long years, like I don't know. I think that adds weight to like the seriousness of it. Yeah, there's potential. I mean, and, and another another thing that I'm thinking about is like you know how many jacks are there, which is a weird question. Like, say that this hotel creates this character to lure these people in, because obviously you know this is a recreation of this person is what I'm thinking because he's in a photo from you know, 60 years ago. So it's like this hotel could at the same time create many of these jacks that are just farming people in and, and they only execute at a certain time. So it's like they had to create a jack five years ago to make Daniel. And the only reason Daniel has powers is because he comes from maybe a supernatural dad. It's hard to tell, you know, that's, it's kind of this weird thing I'm thinking about. It's like, I'm trying to try to tie it all together, but I don't know how it, I don't know where the lines merge, but there Mm -hmm. could be more than one of these jacks that are, existing pulling people into this hotel at the same time so it's like we may think like oh this one jack had this many months of soberism and and this one kid but there's may could be many more you know versions of this jack that pull oh, in different this, families i think times. that's i think yeah, that's Cooper. why i tried to baseline it into emotion though when i said contempt is the most dangerous emotion yeah there are other jacks out there it's all those other people who have that same feeling of contempt toward their partner or to their to their life where they think they're more there's more self-important than the others and that's what breeds it is when you think you're when you think you're better and you look down upon the world even even if your means aren't exactly the highest i don't know yeah this is interesting. Kubrick is actually on your side, Max. He says it's a hint at the reincarnation of a guest or someone of the staff from like the Overlook in 1921. So basically, um, the hotel keeps calling back these people. Ooh, and, baby. Yeah, but then there's also um, a lots of like it's funny because I don't bl- I didn't I didn't jive with the director of Blade Runner. I feel like he kept massaging it until it was what he wanted, but he fucked up yeah. on the first five goes. And he's like, oh, we'll just keep adding scenes and shit. Let me throw you not getting the message I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's funny that you say that. Like, oh, yeah, this is what he said. It's like, but but last week I'm like, no, I think he's fucking wrong. I think he screwed up. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I drive with that idea. I will, like I will say my biggest crux with this movie was actually his wife, uh, who's played by Shelley Duvall, so it's Wendy Torrance. I yeah. think that her acting was actually pretty bad in general. Yep. 
I don't know how most people think, but I think like a lot of, especially the early parts of the movie, like when she met with the doctor for Daniel, like it's funny because I just watched a YouTube video about, it was like a comedian video about uh, how when actors smoke cigarettes that don't smoke, it looks so fake. And I feel like, I feel like everything she did look fake. Like how she lit her cigarette, how she sat to talk to the doctor, how she like, I feel like she looked at the camera at some times and was just like, Straight up, like, oh yes, I'm act, I'm acting. Hello, and yeah. Like, that's uh, okay. I, I couldn't stand I think, her performance. I don't know why. And it I did not like me, her yeah, until it's, it's grading. She even like at the very end where the ghosts were showing up and the skeletons. I feel like she didn't sell it enough. And it's funny enough because I was like, okay, I got to know who Shelley Duvall is. I started looking. I like. I was like, what else is she in? She's got to be in more stuff. She was in like one other movie with Robin Williams, the Popeye movie, Dang. and then she did a extra or inside edition video four years ago with dr phil and she talked about how uh oh she thinks robin williams is still alive he's just a shapeshifter <laughs> like, oh okay i see that i see how you got there <laughs> clint what were you gonna say but she didn't she didn't i think she me. was actually rather the way she acts and portrayed was actually rather important to the plot because maybe it, later but not early on no, I think it I think it is important to the early on because it where I see some of that contempt come from is Jack thinking, why am I the only one who has to change? Hmm. But I'm talking about before they even got to that point. Like she just seems very meek and meager. Definitely. And and I think that plays into how Jack looks down upon her. Because I feel, I feel like he does. I feel like he looks down upon her. I'd, I'd, I'd also add that I feel like with how much of the irritation I have with Jack Nicholson's backstory of like, they can't bring him, he's a teacher, all this stuff. I feel like they don't bring it, bring up enough about, you know, Shelly or Wendy's backstory. Like, I don't really, what did she do before they went to this man, this hotel? I think she's a stay at home mom. mom. Is that it? Like there's, mm-hmm. but what did she do before that? A woman. Do we know? Like, I feel like they didn't sell me on her character enough. I feel like they oversold me on, on Jack Torrance, but undersold me on Wendy Torrance. I think they just get the point across that they're not quite in an abusive relationship, but there are signs of abuse there. Oh, yeah. I see that. I see that it's like we're one degree away from him just beating the hell out of both of them. Yeah, I'm looking and at I think sh- it, I'm it shows, obviously. She's I think it shows, obviously, shows. at the end. I think it shows at the end where, like, you know, Jack is falling up the stairs and he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to beat your brains in. It's like, I think that is the Wendy. Okay. (laughs) Like that's, that's what I'm saying is like at that point, that's right after she reads the script. And that's when I said that the the movie gets intense, at least for me as a first time watcher Mm -hmm. in terms of like Jack becomes Jack. Like he becomes the Jack Nicholson, you know, is like the Joker. Like I saw the, the, the the Batman Joker in him where he's just like, Wendy, Wendy, I'm not going to hurt you. It's going to be fine. I'm just going to bash your brains in. You're like, oh, that's some Jack Nicholson shit. Like he, they said, just be Jack Nicholson. Here's your lines. Be Jack Nicholson. Do what you want. And he sells it like fucking money. You know, the whole time my wife's like, he seems kind of crazy. I'm like, he looks kind of crazy. That's just how he always looks. He's eccentric. Like he's got that the hairline, the head shape, the eyebrows, like where his temples sit, 
Yeah, like everything about like his like basically above his ears up, the way that everything sits, it's very like almost angry, pointed in. Mm-hmm. His eyebrows hey. are like this. It oh. sits just right to be like he's ma- he's kind of a maniac, but Maniac's just enough where like, it, but just enough where like the rest of his face doesn't say that story. So you like are like he, he okay he he could just be like a writer. I see the writer. Oh no, he's crazy. Yeah, no, okay, I see it. Yep, we've hit that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was creative. He's just crazy, and I think they do a great job of saying like he's a writer, and then flipping that switch to like no, he's fucking nuts. And, you know, at that point, there's there's points on that, that stair, her walking up the stairs, you know, he sells it insanely well. And it it that's his that's the best acting of the whole movie is is that part. hundred percent. I loved it. Wendy. But I think at the same Darwin. time, she does. I think at the same time, she, her acting is not great at that exact point. No. I think it's pretty weak. She's like swinging that bat. Not that convincing. You know, her her scared face is is fine, but. Not overly convincing. I think it's fine, but not as... And it probably has to do with the juxtaposition of like how intense and crazy Jack Nicholson is and how much he really makes you feel like, I'm scared of this man. Like, this is not... I would not, not want to see I, this goofy-looking man. If this man came at me... Yeah, if this man came at me and I had a gun pointed, I'd be like, I'm scared to pull the trigger. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, this guy could just... He could do anything. You know, you know do you like, think... Do you think his performance outperforms her so much that it makes her look worse than she would be against someone less than him? I would, I would say that until, but because of the beginning of the movie, uh-huh. and I think, I think the problem is a lot rides on her at the very beginning. The first thirty to forty-five minutes are very heavy on her. Like she's got to deal with her son, the doctor, like really pushing the storyline along. You know, you get the strong scenes of Jack at the hotel, but then once you remove remove the like idea of the weight there because you're you don't feel at that point that the the hotel is a strong pull like you you feel like the family is a stronger uh-huh. pull so you you're more focused on her and the child at least i was and i was like oh how do they interact how does like when he freaks out because i'm like what is going on the doctor comes in i'm like anything could happen like anything can happen with this doctor you see enough scary movies nowadays where like a, just a demon comes in and kills a doctor like, <laughs> i don't fucking know so it's like a lot rides on her to convince it. But I feel like when they leave the room to go to the living room to talk, like the way she brings up her cigarettes to her mouth, like to light it, it just, it just, I'm not as convinced that it's, that it's a clean performance. I'm not mm-hmm. convinced that it's authentic. I feel very broken up. I just feel like she's like waiting for a cue. And then she's like, well now what's next? And I think that really ruined it for me on her. But I think she gets way better as I actually think as Jack Nicholson performs better and she's in the scenes, she's more convincing. Where when she's by herself, it hurts her a lot. And the the fact that the first half an hour relies on her a lot to bridge the gap between him being gone and her son, mm-hmm. it, it it hurts a lot for her. Like it and it and it penetrates all the way through. Gotcha. Okay. I've talked a lot about this movie. Well, you are the only one who's only seen it once. You true. gotta get all your thoughts out. I'm gonna have to watch it in a week and be like, "Oh fuck, I was wrong." Anyone yeah, else like got it. anything else to say before we wrap up? I want to say two things. One, the design of the hotel struck a, a chord with me in a way surprised me watching it this time through. My uh, company's. M- owns the majority stake and we call it the farm out in the country here and watching and it's basically like the 
founders of the company's family resort out in out in Farm Farmville, Indiana. But the design of the buildings, it's got a hotel on the property, is very much that. like the Overlook Hotel. Like the Indian stuff, you know, 70s decor. Oh, they killed off the some wall. Indians and took their land, huh? Uh, well, you know what? I was like, <laughs> wait a sec. It made me pause for a second. I'm like, oh, oh no. This is weird. <laughs> oh, no. But I, I thought it'd be a good a good conversation point to just bring up that it's like, huh, that's kinda kinda weird. Two, question to the group. Would you take a job like that to go caretake a hotel over winter? Yes, no. my wife's staying home. Empty hotels freak me the fuck out. I hate empty big buildings like that with repetitive corridors. Nope, I'm out. I think I'd be fine with that. In general, I think I'd be okay with it, but I would not want my my family there. Only because I know they would go nuts. You'd be the one with the axe in a chest. Clint? Oh. Mm, I would say no. Um, well, especially for that long. I mean, five months. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, just, obviously I started they, off with... I just wouldn't want to be away from friends and family that long. I mean, they sell it pretty heavily in the fact that they just... You know, when you look at the the way they sell the story... This family just moved to a new town three months ago, I think it was. Well, and then on top of that, yeah, yeah, on top of that, he's a writer Mm -hmm. and he doesn't like teaching. So like they add a lot of complications to where this is the perfect job. True. Like she's she's a stay at home mom. He is not in school because they already pulled him out of school once. It doesn't really jive with him. There's a lot of reasons to not be with you know society. So they set up the perfect storm of, yeah, duh, take this job. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Where it's like, yeah, I'd be fine. Like, personally, I'd be fine for five months by myself, but I would not put my, my wife would not be. That would not be okay for her. And I wouldn't take my family with me. And I think that that could be true for a lot of people in that, yeah, I could do five months. I'll remote work. I'll do whatever. It's not a big deal. But I don't think, you know, I was, I laughed. I looked at my wife and go, I think we do that for a year. You know, after the pandemic, I'm like, we sat inside for a long time, but you know, we're talking about a very confined, consistent space that you can't the get away from. The 1980s, on top of that. Yeah, I mean, there's no, you know, all you have is your random broadcast on TV, and that's about it. So that's why I think strongly by myself, I could probably get away with it. But with other people, there's very little to entertain you past what's on TV at the time, and then it's over. My opinion started off when they were doing the tour. I'm like, you know what? This doesn't sound too bad. And then as the things kind of got weird, and we didn't even touch on the ghost in room 237 or anything Also, where like the that. fuck is the game room? They never showed it. That's where you're just playing darts. Is that all it was? Yeah. Yeah. So the game room really sucks. But darts, real darts is good. You got a pool table in there? I'm sure they did. It was they This hotel it. is massive. Yeah, you're you're right though. We didn't talk about the ghost on two thirty seven, which funny enough, as a first time watcher, he started kissing her, and I go, I bet she turns like an old lady or something. And then literally, I she called it the I was nastiest like, old lady there ever was. I just couldn't. I was like, I was like, call. I I I I only called it probably because of just movies I've seen. You know, they've stolen the, the trope. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, because, you know, this is a cult classic. This is the same deal as Cyberpunk, or not Cyberpunk, uh, Blade Runner, where it's the things you've seen just have extrapolated all the way through. And so that idea exists so heavily that I was like, I bet she turns an old lady. And so I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, well, it makes sense. This probably 
really ignited the idea of, oh, yeah, like juxtapose like this hot woman with this old like what does she have probably like uh lesions or whatever leprosy or something she she, yeah i mean she's like a dead corpse basically yeah but i mean it was like the yeah makes perfect sense like that jived exactly how you expect to so one other point was probably insane one other point for the group did anyone recognize who the bartender was lloyd lloyd don't look it up I, I wait. I don't you know mean as an actor? Uh, I don't know what else he's from. No, but he kind of had a familiar face. Is he, he was... the guy from? Uh, uh, hang on, let me think about it. It's Five, from. Uh, four. What's for the guy three, goes through space and time? Two, one. He's Tyrell from Game of Thrones. From Blade Runner. Oh, oh no! No, he's not. Oh, look him up. Just didn't have Blade them glasses. Blade. I could see it. Joe Turkle, Blade Runner. The only reason I knew that was because I saw his name in the credits. I'm like, why have I seen that name before? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I could see it. I think there's a lot of really good scenes in this movie. Every every scene is very impactful. I don't think any scene is wow, flat, he's out, even in, flat out bad. I think this, he's even in 2049. That'd be good. That'd be a real good I think move. he is. But like the scene where... Um, Halloran comes into the hotel and he gets just axed in the chest. It's just powerful. The bartender scenes, very tight, very well done. I really like the transition into the bartender scene. It's the same way I felt about like the transition of the bartender scene with the transition to uh, his Wendy into the uh, uh, uh you know, uh, what is it? Uh, whatever work makes a dull jack. Makes a dull all jack. Work, all work and no <laughs> you heard play it here makes first. a dull jack. Smell <laughs> whiskey makes a dull jack. Yeah, all work and no Someone play makes a. Someone drank half a bottle of Jack Daniels. I already did. All work and no play makes a makes a jack dull jack. A dull jack. Like I think those two transitions were heavy. You know, him sitting down at the bar, saying he'll sell his soul. Those pages. And there's just this. There's just this. 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 You know, where he smiles and talks to Lloyd. Where you're like, okay, there's a big turning point here. Exact same thing where she reads the first page of all play and, uh, you know, all work and no play. And she reads the first page and the second page. And then you're like, oh, it's going to get deep. But I will say, I should add that when she flipped through those papers, man, the formatting they did on the pages is super good. And the spelling errors. Like, oh, yeah. Like all play and uh, all all work and no play makes Jack Abdul uh, like bot. Like uh, there was all kinds of like weird different spacing, different spellings. Like you could tell that he's like rushed to type and he's like being forced to do it or like it's overwhelming him. But at the same time, it's like, there's this weird idea of like, maybe he thinks he's writing a real story. Like yeah, because of like the indentation. It's like he doesn't realize he did it that way. It's yeah. Just because came it's out like, that way. it's like they show like, you know, spots where you'd say like, you'd show like a flashback and you double space, you double tab in and then show a thing. And it's like, it's perfectly, it almost feels like they, they took a book and looked at a chapter and said, okay, look at the formatting. Now rewrite the entire thing with just this one line. And they took the spacing, the formatting, but even then there was like spots where they, you know, the words overrode each other and it's like the typewriter messed up, but they just kept going, kept going, kept going, like never stopped. That was, you know, perfectly incorrect. Like I said already, like that's the turning point for me where the movie picked up. But also that's like the point where if you really look, you go, wow, 
the amount of detail and time they took to make that moment of her flipping through the pages, you could freeze frame every page and be like, look at this page. Like there's probably a whole like English definition of how they did this page. Like the indents, the 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 paragraphs, the structure, all of it. They're like, look, this is this style, this is this style. Mm-hmm. I bet they put a lot of work into those pages. It's it's really good. What my favorite scene of the movie is her going through those pages. I think The Shining is definitely worth a watch if you have not seen it. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, 100%. And it's I, a six. I, it's a six. I'd be interested to go back to it later on and see how I feel about it. But overall, I'm, in, I'm in a weird place where I kind of would like to read the book, but I also feel like I've gotten what I've needed out of it watching it the first time. Straight up. And, and every continual engagement with this it, it story it. is just not... Mm. not as meaningful like i know how, think, i know what the twist is i get what's gonna happen do you think the the legacy and the cultural changes that these movies we've watched so far that affected our growing up makes the movie less engaging in terms of like you look at blade runner and the fact that the world they created has influenced so many things that we've looked at and you know the shining the amount of like Things that you know you could call out and be like, if you watch it today, you go, "Oh, that's gonna happen." And you're like, "Oh, it did happen," but it's because it was adapted from The Shining so many times because it's so popular. Do you think that these things tarnish the movie in terms of like, you know, they became the tropes, and you've already seen 50 movies of these tropes? You go back to it and you go, "Oh, this is not a big deal." And you're like, "Well, duh, it created the thing." Does it ruin the movie? Does it? Does it? I, I don't think so. I think I think what ruined it, not ruined it, you know, sp- maybe spoiled is the better word, is because I, I knew what the main plot beats were. But yeah. like I said, the thing that sucked me back into not just multitasking while watching it was the soundtrack, the tracking shots, oh, yeah. and, and just the general scenes. Like, it, it pulled me in the same way the hotel pulled t- pulled Jack in. Like, I'm like, you know what? I, I want to... I, I don't remember everything from this. I, I want to see how more, this plays out. I want to... I'm hooked in. I feel and more it, it about that with the Shining the right way. than Blade Runner. I feel like Blade Runner, I was less interested because of the tropes were easier. I, th- I don't know what it was about it, but the tropes were easier to blend with other things. Blade Runner hooked sh- me in a, in a different way, I would say. Blade Runner hooks me in like, I want to go spend more time in the Blade Runner world. Yeah, but Whereas I think this a lot hooked of things me in give more me like, that same thing. I want more I of that front steep- end suspense. That It's the soundtrack, it's the tensity, it's the... You are on. You are in a constant state of unease the first three quarters of this movie, and then you're now in panic mode once he goes crazy. It's pretty. Whereas, it's, yeah, whereas it's, it's Blade Runner, Blade Runner is more of for me. I want to spend more time in Los Angeles, 2019. Yeah, where you know, I, I want like to see more like, of the flying cars. I want to walk around the alleys. I want to see the people just going about their life. I feel like if something could take Blade Runner and add a way more engaging soundtrack, they would grab me. Where so cyber- Shining is like it's doing the right things at the right time, at least more often. If I have to rewatch a movie, though, I think I'd rewatch Blade Runner. I think I agree in terms of I think the depth of Blade Runner is is deeper. I get and- more. I'd get more enjoyment out of rewatch. I did get more enjoyment out of rewatching Blade Runner than I did The Shining. I, I watched both for the first time, but I re I I rewound Blade Runner more times, being like, did I get that right? And I think it's because of the complexity of the world build. There's more, it's the world building. It's the the world, world building is much deeper in terms of did I get that right? Did I understand what's going on? Where 
you know, The Shining is much more, it's straightforward. The world exists as it does. And it only, it only gets tweaked at the very end where they go, look at this photo. Oh, he, Jack's there. He's there 60 years ago. What do you think? And, and so what am I going to rewind? The last photo? I get it. Like all I have to do is make up an idea of what I think happened or why it happened where Blade Runner is much more, okay, wait, this world I don't understand. Let's go back and re-examine what he said so I understand what's going on. So I think Blade Runner definitely grabs you more in terms of partially I'm lost and need to understand what's going on, but also partially of this is deep. I should pay attention. Oh, all good? I have nothing else to say on The Shining. Nope. The Shining, it's a wrap, baby girl. Okay, let's talk about the bottle of Jack Daniels a little bit. The only thing I'm going to say is in... It's a square bottle. Yeah, but not in the movie. It wasn't? Well, it's it's a... hmm, Is it a square? It's a rectangle, but there's no hard edges like there are nowadays. So nowadays... Did it not have hard edges in the 80s? It did not. So it's it's consistent with the 80s. So it had much more rounded rounded, uh, shoulders and corners. Uh, The bottle was not as square or mm, trapezoidal. There's, you know, we looked at the Blade Runner bottle, you know, kind of like a barbell. You kind of get that same idea here with that modern terms of there's a large feature at the top and at the bottom, sharp edges. But the old school bottle, rounded corner, straight down, rounded corner. Like it's very much a stretched out oval uh, back in the day of the movie. But nowadays they, it's much sharper. Um, I said earlier, I don't think we're recording. I'm a little upset that the, the label's not straight. God damn it, this is mass produced. Otherwise, it's a exactly right. It's a super standard. I mean, everyone knows what Jack Daniels bottle looks like. It's like iconic in terms of everyone knows this bottle, whether that's because they were the first to market this <coughs> or the fact that they just are the largest and that it's mass produced in your brain. Like how does it how forget. does it compare size wise to the Johnny Walker bottle? I guess I, I can see it over there in your video. I mean, it's it's it's. It's one more square versus rectangle. Yeah, I mean the the black label is much more. I don't want to say that the black label is more square or more sharp corners. The radiuses are are sharper, and it feels like more of a hard edge, even though it's not. If you look at the bottle around, if you go around it, shit. What what am I even say? If you go around the diameter of the bottle, beep. The actual width of the bottle, it's much rounder. Where the Jack Daniels is much sharper. And I, I the black label bottle is much more comfortable in general. I think one of the weaknesses of, of uh, Jack Daniels is when you go to the scaled up bottles, they do not scale up well. And they just take their 1.75 liter and just blow the bottle up and it's bad. <laughs> it's not good. I really don't like the large Jack Daniels bottles. They don't scale up well at all. I mean, when you look at these two, the black label versus the Jack Daniels, I think they share a lot of DNA in terms of just like... Does Jack Daniels have a cork? No, it's screw-off. Okay. Uh, plastic screw-off. We're, uh, if we're going to compare Johnny no, Walker's... I, no, that's just, that's just an overall question. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think it's fine as it is, but any larger and it's bad. And I think the 1.75 liter bottle is always bad. I've had plenty of them and they're terrible. Uh, the, the black label is like the right width to hold where the Jack Daniels is just a little large, you know, it's going to turn some people off. You know, it's fine. It's, it's a cult classic bottle in terms of everyone knows what it is, knows what it was. 
they've they've not changed a lot over the years in terms of what the general shape is. They have made it a little more modern. Uh, they've they've sharpened some edges instead of having them rounded off, but they've kept the label pretty close to the same. Same deal though. They've they've sharpened edges on the label. Like they have chamfers on the edges instead of fillets. Um, everything's sharper, more modern. That's what it is. This is a uh, a chamfered edge label. If you can see it right there, they probably can't. Hey, Versus a fillet, which is a rounded. That means that's fine. Chamfered being a forty-five by, I don't know, a distance. Nerd alert. Sharp edge, rounded edge. Fillet is a sharp edge. Uh, so you know they've they've modernized their bottle for sure. But uh, I don't know if it's gotten better or worse. It's just kind of preference. Um, it's 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 the same bottle it's always been. I don't think it deserves a place on the list in general because we're doing top six now. <clears throat> but it's iconic in terms of what it is. What's next week? Uh, let's see. Next well, week. Next, next week, technically. We'll next, be... we're doing Maker's Mark. We're going to watch Spider-Man 2 uh, with uh, Tobey Maguire, a <laughs> fucking fan favorite. Uh, we're going to review Maker's Mark. I think Harry, the billionaire, obviously drinks Maker's Mark. What a value. I'm so excited. It's, it's an obvious fit for the movie. It's it's going to be weird, I think, going from talking about two heady Cold movies classics. to Doc Ock and Sam Raimi Spider-Man. So. Yeah, but it's still good. Is this, is this the one where he stops the train with his whole body? Yes. Fucking love it. Okay, it's going to be a good movie. It's going to be a 50-minute <laughs> podcast versus the 90-minute one you just got. I'll tell you where it really turned on. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, we also got our live episode coming up. Yeah, um, so that'll be in two weeks. So we're going to be... It'll release in two weeks, but it won't record in two weeks. So it's apologies for timeline we're doing, consistency issues. We're doing Old States... Was it Old Forester Statesman? That's what it is. <clears throat> old Forester Statesman. We're going to watch uh, Kingsman, I think. We're going to watch the first one. Uh, yes, sir. So we'll do that live. Going to have a shit show of a time. You know, I, I guess Pat's, we we don't have to release Spider-Man next. I think Pat's doing like you're bringing like five different whiskeys, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring something to eat. Oh, surprise. perfect! I'm gonna bring Love out it. some movie food. We're gonna just, you know we're gonna really shake it up. We're gonna do a movie review, a food review, and a whiskey review. I love it. I'm gonna do some cooking. This should just be every week. <laughs> it is every week. I'll see you <laughs> in my house. So yes, next week, uh, next week Spider Man. The week after, we're doing uh, Clint's bringing Clint's bringing the second whiskey. That's Old what it Forester is. Old Forester Statesman. Clint's bringing the OG then, Old Forester. That's right. Oh, that's right. OG. Old that's Forester. right. A special donation. Um, so other than that, you can email us at smallwhiskey@gmail.com with an e. Tweet at us smallwhiskey and Instagram us at smallwhiskey. Comment like our podcast five stars. What's up? We'll give you a shout out. Uh, if you send us an email, we'll answer your questions. We'll see what's up. Send us a comment. We'll hit you up. We don't care. We ain't uh, scared. You, we, <laughs> we ain't scared. You can follow Pat at mygiantbeard.com. Loves it. Right. You got my new username. <laughs> man, you got it. You're locked Florida in. Florida Man 818 is, is done. Yeah, we're doing mygiantbeard.com. Thank you, uh, boy. <laughs> Baby P. John at John's underscore sketchbook. He Actually, not... you can book appointments with John at 81253. <laughs> he does caricatures. You love it. He does Florida style caricatures. Oh, they're great. Florida style caricatures. <laughs> There's alligators in every picture. 
Oh, I just figured you were like eating another person or something. Everyone. Clint, where are you it's at? you eating the other character. In a hole. <laughs> you know, Clint, you should... Max, you should ask him that again, and Clint could do something in the tiny voice, only, and then you I, just hard cut the episode. All right, here we go. And Clint, where are you at? In a hole.